time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan of Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, and uh, yes, that is the voice of Bobby Belt. You know, I always have to introduce you and stuff like that if you know, uh, you know, if you want to uh, to learn about Bobby is the uh, does the uh, is the has a show with Sean and RJ, uh, five thirty to ten a.m. Monday through Friday on one hundred five three The Fan Cowboys Insider for one hundred five three The Fan, also uh, co host of the Draft Show and this great podcast, which we hope to win a lot of awards for the love of the star, which we do for our great fans out there. Bobby, you asked me a question. What was your question? I'll ask how you were doing today. Doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that, that. Good, good, good. Yeah, you grill good. out this weekend. You, you yeah, no, I had a good time. Day, you know, hey, our, our podcast did a, a lot of work with the DAC stuff the other day and, you know, and, and uh, I guess we, uh, I guess we made people happy. We made some people sad along the way. Um, DNA is probably something that nobody wants to hear come out of my mouth anymore about, uh, about this <laughs> Dallas Cowboys football team. But, uh, you know, uh, and, and just real quick, Bobby, I, again, mm-hmm. if I could just tie this thing up as quickly as yeah, I can, and maybe we, it turns into a discussion for you and I, you know, with the DNA questions and stuff like that, or the DNA comments that I made about Dak, not backing down for it. This guy, it's not about the interceptions. It's not about it's not about that. It's about his DNA of the way he competes. You know, and uh, hey, if I didn't make that clear enough the the, the first time around, you know, it, it, DNA is not in your, in your uh, talking about throwing interceptions. It's his willingness to to do things that most normal quarterbacks aren't. That's good or bad. You know, that's something to me that, you know, that competitive gene that you have in you, that ability to try and make plays, make something out of nothing, you know. And there were plenty of times last year, you know, not all the interceptions are Dak's fault. Not all, you know, you can put them on the receivers. You could put them on the, uh, you could put it on the coach for Kellen Moore. You can put on Mike McCarthy, you know, for uh, allowing Kellen Moore to call plays. You know, there's a lot of things. It's not all about blaming Dak. I'm just trying to let people know, and I don't hate Dak. I, I really don't. I'm 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 so neutral on this right now. Do I like Dak as a person? Uh, as far as the things he does off the field, absolutely, lot to like there. Like to like the leadership and all that. But if you sit there and think that I that I hate Dak Prescott or I have something out for him. You know, you're sadly mistaken there. And I'll ask him the question about the DNA stuff at training camp. I'm not afraid about that. You know, I'm not afraid to ask these guys questions. And people think that I will be, but I won't. But you know what? It's it's in his makeup, his DNA, that he is willing to take chances. His first couple of years, he wasn't willing to take chances. That's just that's the Jason Garrett administration rolling out there, you know protect the ball. He had a runner, you know, he, he, he had a shell of a running back this, this last year with, with Ezekiel Elliott from what Mm -hmm. we've seen in 2016 and 17 and other years. He had a shell of a guy, Tony Pollard. They waited four years to get Tony Pollard going again. You know, this whole thing with Dak, 
is that, you know, he is going to have turnovers because he is not afraid to put balls in tough spots. And if the tough spots mean they clang off receivers or whatever, you know, that that's so be it. So, but you know, hey, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not backing down from anything I said about that quarterback. I, I'm just not. I, I mean, it's you know, we're eight years into this thing now. Did he make some city? Did he have some a little bit of playoff success? Yeah, he outplayed Tom Brady last year. It was brilliant in that game in Tampa. He wasn't brilliant against the 49ers. He wasn't brilliant at all. Matter of fact, if you look at his numbers, they're very similar to what the you know what Brock Purdy looked like. You know. But the difference was that game was there were some, you know, there were some plays that they had to make and they didn't make them. Period. So does that fall on the quarterback? Sure. Does it fall on the coaches? Sure. Does it fall on the uh, fall on the offense itself? Sure. You know, you got to find a way to 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 overcome things along the way. And again, I don't hate Dak. This is not a slam Dak thing. You know, I that, and I feel like though, Bobby, real quick, I know this hasn't been quick, but I feel like that. To me, I feel like I've been fair. When Dak has had great games, absolutely give him the praise. When I'm wrong, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I will absolutely admit that, you know. But I'm also in a situation right now where, you know, to me, I think you have to be honest and and up uh, forthright about what's going on. So, Brian, and I think that was all good to to go ahead and you know. You didn't expect me to do that. No, no. Twitter is such a tight medium. It's, yeah. it's, it's better to just lay it all out there and, and one fell swoop, give you that. So my only uh, follow-up question would be, uh, which would you rather talk about uh, into the future? Dak's DNA or the identity of this football team? Wh- which topic do you think? I'm always you'd... good about DNA talk. Just like you say, <laughs> I, yeah, identity, man, my man. Sorry, <laughs> Timken. Timken. On those uh, Cowboys pre- and post-game shows, mainly the post-game shows. Ari would always ask me, he would go, what, hey, you need to go, Brian, what's the identity of this Cowboy team? <laughs> you know, and he would do it like in that kind of that voice, like you're watching some sci-fi mystery science theater yeah. thing. I don't know. Sci- mystery science theater was fun, <laughs> by the way, if you've ever seen that show. Oh, I love it. Tom yeah. Servo and those guys. I love that show. Bro, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, you know, no, don't ever let me have – don't let me have that kind of talk. Let, give me DNA talk all day. Give me DNA. All right. Talk. So uh, let's talk about the DNA of this football team here at week two of OTAs. Yeah. We'll be out there on Thursday uh, getting to observe practice. You know, it's it's funny. We talk about what can be seen. You, you know, we had that discussion last week and the week before in terms of what can you actually learn from these things. And a lot of times it's it's not a lot. So, uh, but you know, I think once you see one week, then you go, okay, let me see what do they build on here or, or what do we find out additionally from this or, or is this going to be something new? So after one week of OTAs, when we head into this second week, Brian, a few things that I'm going to be looking out for. uh, I, you know, I'll be really interested to see is Mozzie Smith working on that veteran side of the field instead of the rookie side. Um, You know, what are the, are, are the, Offensive line combinations we saw last week, some of the changes that we saw. Chumi Doga at left guard, Farniak playing both guard spots, taking some center reps. Um, you know, are we going to see Zach Martin at all? Are we going to see Trayvon Diggs at all? Demarcus Lawrence, some of these guys that were absent, Jordan Lewis. Uh, a, a lot of different things to look at. What's the big thing, uh, the, the number one storyline for you that you're going to be sitting down at practice on Thursday going, okay, after watching them last week, what do I want to see this week? 
Yeah, Bobby, you might get some more of the young guy, you know, the split between the two groups. You might get some more of that. And then next week we have the the like the mandatory mini camp. And maybe that's where you're going to see in those three days the I think these these practices leading up to next week could be very much about acclimation, if I use the right word there. Uh, yeah. with the um, you know, with trying to get the rookies incorporated with the veterans and then look at it as how should we practice. This is the tempo we practice practice. This is the pace we practice at. Uh, this is how we do the drills. You know, you're just trying to get these guys. I wonder if they learned a lesson last year. And they didn't have Jalen Tolbert for the majority of the OTAs of the mini camps. Yeah. I wonder if that was that one of those examples where that when he got to training camp, he wasn't he wasn't all there. I mean, he was lost. And maybe they felt like that going back, do they want to go through a situation again where the rookies are not completely understanding I, again i'm just i'm throwing it out there guys don't i mean i don't come at me with you know oh, hell that's a bad excuse Brian. no i'm just trying to think about i'm trying to think about a situation that did they do jalen tolbert any favors last year you know did they by just you know he but he wasn't available maybe it's one of those things that hey let's 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 throw these guys into a situation where they have a chance to have some success and are able to build on that going into because the veteran players are going to leave the facility after next week. They're going to go out and vacation or, you know, guys will hang around and work out, but the rookies will still be here. The rookies will still be working on, uh, you know, the, in the strength program, the conditioning program, getting acclimated to what's going on um, about the whole thing. So, Maybe we'll see again another day of that separation between the two. And then next week, the three days that we're allowed to watch the practices, right? Was it uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Or, yeah, yeah okay. I think so. So next week, yeah, we'll get that mandatory and we'll get to watch those practices. And then you'll start to see the coaches put these guys – Maybe it's Mozzie Smith in there with the ones. You know, maybe he's getting some work with the twos. Maybe we see Overshown get a little bit more work here. Oh, maybe we get a little bit uh, more of. Oh, wait, they're they're running some uh, first offense. Uh, Schoonmaker is in with a uh, Hendershot, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, I, I think we're kind of to that that point where that I I think it's going to be one more week of maybe separated. And then next week will be the week of putting everybody together. Did it interest you, you know, when we talk about the, they had the younger group and the veteran group and in the younger group, there were some bottom of the roster guys who aren't necessarily young players, but they're, they're back into the roster guys. Did you find it interesting that Ronald Jones was with yeah. the group and Malik Davis was with the veterans? Yeah, I did because I know our shows leading up to like the post season, you know, when they, when the when it was over, the you know the final shows after the playoff games, and we were starting to hear stuff about Malik Davis, and you know was he was where was the buy in? Where was the buy in on Malik Davis? And you know, hey, there's there's coaches that are now gone. You know, Skip Pete now gone. You know, there's mm-hmm. maybe there's a, maybe there's a little bit of if Skip Pete had a problem, and, and I again, I'm not trying to put pit people against people. But if Skip Pete had a problem with Malik Davis in the 49ers game, because you know they were in a situation where they needed players onto the field, you know they lost a back, and what did they do? They they didn't put Malik Davis out there, and you know we were all expecting Malik Davis to play. 
So, yes, the fact that Malik Davis, maybe he's got a clean slate, you know, with the offensive staff now. Uh, the uh, the fact that Ronald Jones, again, this could be an acclimation period for him as well. They could, you know, this could be, okay, we're not going to put you up here with the veteran guys right now. Even though you're a veteran player, you need to learn what we're trying to do here. And by putting him down on that field where I was watching practice, that might be where he was at. Or I know that's where he was at, but that's where they might wanted to start. Maybe maybe they'll shuffle some guys around to, tomorrow, uh, Bobby. Maybe some of these backs that were up on the uh, what I would call the varsity field will get shuffled down to the JV, and maybe some JV guys get to go up onto the varsity field this week. Yeah, and, that, and that'll be one of the things to watch, I think, is just some of the switching around that they might do. I was really interested last week. I wanted to see – How about the guard situation, though? How <clears throat> yeah. about, you know, how about – yeah, that was that was Farniak from the jump. It wasn't Tyler Smith. It wasn't Tyron Smith. I mean, now there could be a lot of things going on right now, Bobby. We're getting to watch one practice. We're getting to watch one practice, and they're having these practices, you know, every day. And maybe that's where they're taking the opportunity to put Tyler Smith at guard, Tyron Smith at tackle, and those kinds of things. But for us, for us, they kind of left a uh, Tyler Smith over there at, at left tackle. And then put Farniak at guard and kind of rotated it from that. Yeah, because I think the guard compass we saw, and obviously it'll, you know, we'll need to see if Zach Martin's out there or not. That also can complicate what kind of combinations they're running out there since they need to cover right guard with some reps. But we saw Josh Ball take reps at guard uh, with the first team, Chuma Doga, Farniak. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I was missing there uh, with the first team. I think I think those were were mainly the ones there were were Farniak, Idoga, uh, Ball, um, and, and so they they had a did, couple. Uh, of- did Awesome Richards it, was he at guard? I, I thought he was. Awesome he was Richards like, was on the the rookie opposite side. field, but he got guard on the opposite. Yes, field yes, I on the opposite yeah, side. He's yeah, on the JV but, field. Yeah, 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 but but not on that side. So uh, it'll. Interesting to see some of the combinations this week. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hi, Brian. Uh, I got to jump in really quickly and remind everybody here about our wonderful partner at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I keep telling you guys, if you are fans of wings, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, those are the days that you need to go to Boomer Jacks. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they've got deals for you every other day of the week. they got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer you're going to find in the Metroplex or anywhere else. Wall-to-wall TVs, and I don't I don't say that as some sort of exaggeration, like, oh, wall-to-wall TVs. That's not a simile. It literally is TVs that basically cover every space of the walls at Boomer Jacks. There's also live music, great TVs that you can catch any game, any sport that you're looking for uh, there at Boomer Jacks. Uh, there's 17 DFW locations, so you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. So uh, I was reading through uh, the internet, just making some – a couple scans across Cowboys news, and uh, I came across an article from David Hellman, uh, your your old buddy there at DallasCowboys.com, the man who you showed the way, 
And he had an, uh, an article up about the Cowboys X factors heading into this season. So he made a point to say, look, we're not talking about the best or most impactful players. So Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, those guys would not be X factors. These are more like pivot points, guys of like, hey, this is a really critical area uh, where, where somebody can make an impact or the season can turn based off of them playing better or worse. Uh, before we jump into some of the names on his list, uh, who are some of the guys that you feel like stand out as those types of players for the Cowboys heading into this year? Well, we I was on this morning with Cowboys break, and Derek Eagleton, Nick Eatman, and Amber Garcia and I were breaking down the – we're going through kind of breaking down the positions. And the positions we were breaking down today happened to be wide receiver and then also the tight ends. And, you know, they and Derek presented an interesting question. Were the Cowboys better off now? Without Dalton Schultz, you know, were they better? Are they better now, or were they better then? And you know, and we started talking about you know the the addition of of Luke Schoonmaker and what he could do. That could be a pivot point right there uh, for me. Uh, I, I even offered it as a possibility. I think the pivot points last year. If you look at the numbers, uh, and if you believe in analytics and things like that, you know what numbers tell the story for a lot of people is that Michael Gallup's numbers were very similar to Noah Brown's numbers. They can't have that happen this year. That that absolutely, you know, cannot have that happen. You know, and we just talked about Jalen Tolbert. They can't have Michael Gallup have another year where he is just, you know, his numbers are very similar to Noah Brown. Noah Brown won you the Cincinnati game. We talked about that a bunch. But they, 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 Michael Gallup needs to be, he doesn't need to be Noah Brown. He needs to be closer to what CeeDee Lamb is instead of being what Noah Brown is. And it'll be interesting to see what the thing with him and Cooks, the, the, the pivot points though for me, you know, when you, when you look is, is Mozzie Smith good enough to start? Will Mozzie Smith be a guy that's good enough? Can he, can he hold that position? Who will be, will there be a linebacker that com- that competes with Clark? For the uh, you know for the uh, the starting spot at linebacker, what's going to happen at nickel corner? Is that is, is is Jordan Lewis good enough? Is he healthy enough coming back? Uh, you know, with can he compete with uh, with with uh, with Bland, uh, or is Bland going to be so good that he might be better than Gilmore? You know, is is that a situation where all of a sudden you know that, that hey we you know as much as we all like Gilmore and cheer for Gilmore and or not cheer, but you know, say, oh wow, this guy you know, is an outstanding player. Maybe Bland is that much better, you know. So I, I mean, there are so many points I think on this on this roster. I I know going back and thinking about again, circling back about the tight ends, you know, the number of tight ends you keep. Does the do the Cowboys does the fullback play into this? Are they only allowed to going to be able to keep a certain number of tight ends because they're interested in keeping a fullback? Or does that affect the number at the running back? I know I covered a lot of ground. I mean, I just went through. I mean, there's so many spots where you know one or two players really showing well in training camp could make the difference in them, like making the sink look completely different. What if Farniak looks really good at left guard? What, what if that's the yeah. what if that's the case? What if all of a sudden it's he's in training camp and we're like, man, Matt Farniak does not need to come out of this lineup. You know, we're we're not, I I know me personally. I haven't penciled him in as the starter, but man, they're giving him the first cracks at these things right now. 
Yeah, and he's somebody that they like a lot because of the flexibility to play both sides, um, the, the fact that he can play all five positions, um, the athleticism, the different things that he can do. They do think really highly of Matt Farniak, and so he's somebody who could be involved for sure. Uh, these are some of the names that David Hellman threw out there, his five X-factor type of players heading into the season. The first one, and this is somebody I think you've mentioned a lot as somebody who could have a big step up. Um, Sam Williams. To grow. It's Sam Williams. Yeah. Uh, your edge rusher who man there was a lot to really like about him last year at times and then there were other times where it's like you know you you need to have a little more self-control a little self-discipline and and not get yourself and your team in some bad positions uh but sam williams is somebody certainly who i think we would both agree has the potential not necessarily that he'll reach it but he has the potential to be a double digit sack type of player yeah, I think if you look at Sam Williams and what he's done, and Nick Eatman brought this up on our on the on Cowboys break, I think it was last week he said this. He goes, "Find me a player in the league that that had that led their team in tackles for loss and played uh, only like fifteen percent of the snaps or something like it was some crazy number where you know he he for the opportunities that he got." He was super, super productive. So Sam, Sam Williams, absolutely. Sam Williams kind of fits into if you're doing radio like we do. Sam Williams is the guy that you always talk about as the breakout player. You know, Sam Williams. It, uh, you know, it last couple of years. It, it could have been Dorrance Armstrong or people like that. But I think Sam Williams is one of those guys that everybody's kind of pointing to as the guy that could be the potential starter opposite Tank uh, Tank Lawrence. Uh, one of the names that you briefly touched on that David has included here on his list, the next player is Stefan Gilmore, who turns yeah. 33 at the start of the season. And he's somebody who's still got a lot left in the tank, I think. I mean, he's not he's not the defensive player of the year type of player that he was once upon a time, but he's still very, very good. Uh, and somebody that I think, uh, you know, Cowboys fans should feel really good about, about being a stable point at corner for them this season. Um, but sh- sure, I mean, if if you get the best of Stefan Gilmore or if he shows he's a step slower, that definitely could help swing your season a certain way. No, it, it could absolutely. And that's why I mentioned the guys like like Bland and Lewis and guys like that. If if all of a sudden you get to training camp and and Stefan Gilmore is not, you know, not up to your standards of how you need for him to play, uh then at least you've got some options there, you know, and, and that's why I think, you know, with Bland, Lewis, guys like that, I, I'm not going to sit there and go with, uh, you know, with Jordan, uh, with, excuse me, with uh, Kelvin Joseph, because, you know, I think the Kelvin Joseph probably, he, I don't think Kelvin Joseph helps you at corner anymore. I think Kelvin Joseph is about to be a guy that's trying to make this team as a safety. Next name here, and it's uh, probably the biggest, most obvious name, I feel like, uh, and it's it's the one that kind of led uh, David's headline here, but Michael Gallup. Uh, if if yeah. the Cowboys get the guy they believe they paid for, that is a huge boost for them. If they get the guy who looked honestly a little timid last year and somebody who was not trusting uh, the the recovery, his physical recovery, then that could be a, a problem for them. I know you talked about him Leading into it. The next name here, offensive tackle Tyron Smith. Mm. Uh, And this is one that that's the biggest question, I think, on this football team in terms of what the personnel is going to look like is what exactly is Tyron Smith going to be doing and how does it impact everybody else? 
Yeah, that's, uh, you know, they really didn't show their hand in that uh, practice we got to watch last week. Tyron Smith, he, he did play right tackle, kind of felt like that he was going to play left tackle, really didn't practice all that much. Team went away while they were doing special team stuff. I know, Bobby, I had to leave the facility. You were there watching. It still seemed like that he just got limited, you know, limited work. He was stepping in for Steele. Steele was out there, but he wasn't practicing. I think they're going to be very mindful of Steele's situation. But, yeah, it, you know, which is, is Tyron Smith going to play left tackle and uh, Tyler Smith play left guard, or are they going to put Tyron Smith at right tackle until Terrence Steele gets well enough and go from there? And then maybe, maybe then that Tyron Smith then becomes that that swing tackle that we all think he might be. And then the last player here on Dave's list of X factors, defensive tackle Mozzie Smith, the first round pick. Uh, a, a lot of pressure uh, on him walking coming into this first season in terms of just how much it feels like he could help contribute to them winning games because of what he can do in the run game, what they believe he can do to, to develop as a pass rusher, and the fact that they really haven't invested in that position in a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the last time they invested in a defensive tackle like this, and it wasn't even this high, but it was Tristan Hill, and that obviously didn't go the way you wanted. That was somebody who they said had high upside and was a little raw and needed to come into it and never did. I think Mozzie Smith is a completely different personality and work ethic than Tristan Hill had, uh, but he's definitely going to be a big part of of how this season turns out. You know, I think Mozzie Smith is he has a chance to do very well here, uh, just for the reason because I feel like that Oso Diggy Zawa is going to be one of those guys. We're talking about Sam Williams being a guy that's going to show up. I I think that Osa is going to show up as well. So if you got a guy playing the three next to you that's being disruptive and making plays and all that. A lot of that can help, uh, you know, help you as that one technique. You know, you're the guy that's usually taking up blocks and kind of making sure that everybody's clean in there. But this guy is more than just a big, you know, fire hydrant player. I mean, this guy's got Mozzie Smith. When you talk about his like athletic ability, uh, ability to work down the line, ability to get up the field. Uh, you know, he, I think that scheme at Michigan might have limited him. Not, not like scheme does, like when you watch players at Iowa where they're always two gapping and, you know what I mean? Two gap, you know, you grab the guy, you look inside, you look outside, then you go make a play. I think that, I think that, you know, with, with AD and Dan and those guys all working with, uh, you know, Sharif Floyd, all those guys working with Mozzie, I think that they're going to get him in a good, a good position to where, uh, he can be a disruptive player at that size. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Brian. Uh, I got to jump in really quickly and remind everybody here about our wonderful partner at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I keep telling you guys, if you are fans of Wings, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, those are the days that you need to go to Boomer Jacks. Tuesdays, it's half price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings, but they've got deals for you every other day of the week. They got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer you're going to find in the Metroplex or anywhere else. Wall-to-wall TVs, and I don't I don't say that as some sort of exaggeration like, "Oh, wall-to-wall TVs." That's not a simile. It literally is TVs that basically cover every space of the walls at Boomerjacks. There's also live music, great TVs that you can catch any game, any sport that you're looking for. Uh, there at Boomer Jacks. Uh, there's 17 DFW locations, so you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. 
And uh, the first question here is going to come to us from your co-host. Uh, your co-host Monday through Friday and your co-host on the post-game show on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, Zach Wolchuk, wants to know, could Terrence Steele actually be a good left guard? Since that's one of the things that's been kicked around a little bit, I, I'm skeptical because I, I think that the the lack of power that you can cover over a little bit at tackle all of a sudden becomes a much bigger issue inside. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I would compare it to very similar to what you had with Connor Williams. And we saw the struggles that Connor w- Williams had. Really good athlete, good foot athlete, second level, scoop, reach. But when it came down to just having to sit down on some of those bigger defensive tackles, and the one thing that we've seen with with uh, with Terrence Steele is quickness can give him problems because – because of the lack of power, what happens to him is he almost has to lunge at times. If you catch a really quick guy and you're trying to worry about the power of this guy bull rushing you, so you're trying to set him short. So you lean a little bit on your toes, you get a little bit over the top of your skis, and then you get the quickness that beats you. You know, you, that could happen to him inside. And the last thing you need to want for Dak is that somebody beats you quick inside and then is right on top of Dak. Dak can handle things off the edge. It's the stuff in the middle of the pocket that gives him the most problems. And you can say that about all the quarterbacks in the NFL. They they struggle with middle rush, you know, and but edge rush they can kind of deal with. They know how to how to handle that. I just think the lack of power and the ability that just that anchor uh in the in to play guard, I think would be a real problem for 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 uh for Terrence Steele. I just feel like him and and Martin at right ta- – when he plays with Martin on that right side, they got a great feel for how to run block and, and do the things that they need to do to handle that in the running game. Next question here from Brandon. Can we expect to see the return of a traditional fullback in Dallas again? Think yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If you, if you, if you really do believe – if you really do believe in what M- Mike McCarthy's trying to sell – uh, yes, you you can, and you know we had this discussion uh, yesterday on our show on the G Bag Nation on one hundred five three the fan about you know how Kyle Shanahan takes advantage of his personnel and how they use their personnel, whether it's Kyle Uzcheck or uh, Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk or Kittle, they they move these guys into where they create doubt of like, okay, you're identifying this guy as, wait, that's a tight end. No, wait, that's a fullback. No, wait, that's a tight end in the backfield. Wait, that's a running back at tight end. That's a run, you know, that's that's the confusion that the, the game that, that Kyle Shanahan and that staff play with the 49ers. And so, you know, I, I want to believe that my hope is that, uh, that Brian Schottenheimer, while he worked with the defensive coaches last year, breaking down opponents that he saw ideas and the really good play callers steal from each other. And maybe he's going to steal some ideas. If you watch San Francisco, and I'm not saying that, you know, this rookie from North Dakota state is Kyle Juszczyk, but maybe if you could find a way to use a fullback in a similar way, that might be very beneficial to this team uh, offensively. Next question here from Sean. Any ideas on how they might actually use Deuce Vaughn? Did Mike McCarthy run any screens in Green Bay? 
Are we likely to see him in the backfield taking snaps on traditional runs? I do think a big part of what they saw in Deuce Vaughn is probably how he could help what is a really struggling screen game that the Cowboys have had. Um, But I absolutely think that he can take carries out of the backfield like a traditional running back. He's not somebody that has to be shotgun draw guy. Um, You know, that's actually where his, his, you know, size – Normally, a disadvantage is probably a bit of an advantage. He can hide behind blockers. He's he's small. He, um, he did, yeah, he's he does to find. Yeah, he does a good job. I mean, this is a, this is a guy what 13, 14, 1,500 yards. You know, playing there at Kansas State. I mean, he's shown more than the ability to be tough carrying the carrying the ball. You know, through they they throw the ball to him. The Dallas screen game it just been non-existent. It, it was it was non-existent in uh you know I'm, I'm thinking in the the uh, you know, when Zeke first got, I remember a screen, a couple of screens, you know, that they were able to kind of pull those off. I think in the Pittsburgh game, they had a screen that went. Yeah, they, they would have that fake yeah, reverse, the Linehan special. The Linehan, yeah. But to me, you know, under really under the Kellen Moore administration, no screens, really, not not nothing that that made you feel like, oh wow, this is a real weapon. You know, I'm kind of going back to the days of. You know, with McCarthy and stuff. Yeah, I think there was some screen package stuff. There's always been a great history of screen game at Green Bay, going all the way back to the Mike Holmgren when I was there. You know, John Gruden, Andy Reid. You know, look what Kansas City does with their screen games and stuff like that too. So you, you know, they, they will they will throw a parade in downtown Dallas if they find a way to get a screen game going here for the Cowboys. Yeah, and you'll be you'll be Grand Marshal of that. I will parade. be. I will be. I'll be that guy like at Ohio State when they dot the I, whatever that the, the drum major yeah. dude. I will I will be that guy for sure. I will be leading <laughs> the band up uh up commerce if that happens. Question here from Kobe. Uh will Tony Pollard be ready to go week one? How about Terrence Steele? Uh it seems like every indication from the Cowboys they believe both those guys are gonna be ready yeah. week one. Steele should not be uh still should definitely be on track and the fact that tony pollard's out there running even with a compression sleeve uh i, I think every indication is they're going to be 100 percent by the time the season gets going yeah i think you answered the question there yeah all right next question here uh from uh let's go with uh this question here from zach uh not your your co-host not my zach right okay uh, do you think peyton hendershot is going to be more of a dr pepper or a dr thunder uh, uh. From- I hope he's not a Mr. Pib. I hope he's a. I hope he's a <laughs> For those of you that that, yeah. that listen to 105 through the fan, that is a callback to uh, an argument they had yesterday. Which, by the way, Brian, Doctor Thunder is a drink. I'm going to have to. Is back it really? Back. It, it exists. It, it's it, it's a real drink. There. Uh, next question here from uh, Memo Garcia. Can, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a yeah. question? Yeah. What if? Okay. What if? Uh, <laughs> It's funny if if you had to move on. God, how did I phrase this this morning when I was thinking about if power rank the the tight ends of the three guys you have right now, power rank and 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 how you think how you think that 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 the season will play out for them. Power rank that how they are how they play now or upside. What how by the end of the year what are we who are going to say it is one two and three. As far as Schoonmaker, Ferguson, Hendershot. I went Schoonmaker, Henderson, Ferguson, or Hendershot, Ferguson. I think it could be Hendershot. Just I don't know if it'll be by the end of this year. I think if you're going to ask me about upside, what I think they can be in the next five years, I would take Hendershot over Ferguson. I think, Uh, yeah, I think to me, the guy that's the most complete 
And I know a lot of people haven't seen Schoonmaker play. I think Schoonmaker doesn't get enough credit for his hands. I really, really don't. I, mean, really good. I don't think I'm going on a limb there. But if you really watch him play, Michigan's scheme, maybe not great, but I, I, I kind of feel like that if you had – tell me the guy that's not going to come off the field, and I kind of feel like it's going to be Schoonmaker because of his ability to block. I mean, just the fact that I know it's OTAs. We can't take a whole lot off the line. He was on the, he was on the varsity field. The only rookie with the veterans. Yeah. And and it's not like they were short tight ends. Every single tight end was there in attendance, yeah. and yet he was still out there. Uh, Memo Garcia is asking, when Dak gets chased out of the pocket, why does he run out of bounds getting negative yards instead of throwing the ball away? I'll say this. Brian, you can add anything as you like. <laughs> think that typically, I'll get in trouble whatever I add. No, no I, don't, I don't think so. I think typically – He's trying to extend a play. He's trying to extend a play, and when he gets to a, a, a certain point, it's almost like there, there's not time to react and throw out. A, he's gotten to a point that tried to extend it so long, literally any attempt to try and throw the ball away would put the ball in jeopardy, and at that point, I think he's just stepping out. Yeah, I think you got it right. All right, that does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. We'll be back out there at OTAs uh, uh, today when this uh, airs. We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, but it'll be broadcast on Thursday. So we, we will be back out there at OTAs. Uh, probably have another episode for you later this week, uh, as well as coverage next week with minicamp. That's the three practices. That's going to be the gold mine there uh, where we can hopefully, uh, you know, get some good thoughts about where this team is heading and some of the things that we're thinking. And then after that, once we get through with that, Brian, it's uh, it's like Oxnard. six weeks yeah. off roughly before we're out there in Oxnard and we're getting a, a full look at this. Um, but it's exciting times. It's uh, it's time to, to drill down and, and figure out who this football team is. Uh, for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belts. We will talk to you guys again later.